Hello, I'm Ed Ray, one of the pastors at Victory Alabang. You're listening to Preaching in Practice, a podcast where we talk about last week's preaching and how we can put it into practice today. Last Palm Sunday, we looked at uh, Luke 19, 28-44, since this week is Holy Week. Jesus riding on the colt being celebrated by a multitude of people as the Messiah on the way to Jerusalem. So that's what the whole text was about. They were celebrating him because he was, quote-unquote, supposedly the savior that will bring Israel out of the grasp of the Roman Empire and might even beat the Roman Empire itself. Now, a little bit of history. Um, If you remember back in the time of Daniel and his friends, Babylon took over uh, Israel. So they took a lot of people out there, brought them to Persia. Um, and then Persia took over the Babylon Empire, which uh, means Persia also took over uh, Israel. And then after that, Israel was under several more kingdoms and empires and occupiers until the time of uh, what we call the Maccabean Empire. So these are, they're they're like brothers um, who ruled over Israel. And because of their rule, um, these Maccabean brothers, they brought Israel into like a, a time of prosperity, you know, a time of um, great wealth. And uh, a lot of people were thinking these were the Messiah. This is the time that the, the prophets were talking about, that, that Israel would be this mighty, wealthy, rich kingdom because it was sort of happening during the time of the Maccabees. It's just that they were brothers and the hunger for power kind of grew in both of them that they wanted to rule alone, not with the other Maccabean brother. So what happened was both of them separately though went into to the Roman Empire to ask for help. So one brother went, asked for help. Another brother went without the knowledge that the other brother already did and asked for help with the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire found uh, an opportunity here. You know, he, he sees a wealthy kingdom southern of their, south of their borders. Um, and they're having, they were bickering. They were having probably a civil war. <clears throat> and so being the opportunity, the Roman Empire went in and they uh, occupied Israel. Now, if you think about it, the Israelites thought that they already are experiencing what the prophets were talking about. And so they were celebrating and all of a sudden here comes this bigger empire again coming over Israel, taking over Israel. In fact, one of the things that the one of the things the Roman Empire did was they entered the temple. They desecrated the temple. So <clears throat> they were celebrating because they thought that they had received the wealth and the prosperity that the prophets were talking about. And all of a sudden, boom, it's not happening anymore. And then the most holy of holy of places in, in Israel where everything is centered around got desecrated. So imagine the depression, the frustration, all of a sudden the people of Israel was going through. All their dreams were lost. This was the era that Jesus was born into. This is not part of the preaching, but 
I would like us to think of that. It God, how God uses history to speak to us in the middle of sadness, in the middle of depression, in the middle of frustration, in the middle of losing some sort of their identity. This was the time Jesus was born into. Jesus came. But anyway, so imagine, you know, what the people were feeling when they found out that the Messiah had come. You know, Jesus had been teaching everywhere. Jesus had been talking, preaching, uh, doing miracles to, to different parts of the country. So imagine the feeling they found out, like, okay, the Messiah is here. He's going to defeat the Roman Empire. So because they all thought this is going to be a, a political thing. But the people had it wrong, you know, as to what he was going to save. He was not going to save Israel from the grasp of the Roman Empire. And, this, and the disciples were thinking the same, actually. So they were celebrating. Just a few days after, we found out what it's really about. After the celebration of Jesus, um, what they witnessed was instead of a coronation, they witnessed an execution at the cross. They were frustrated. They were depressed. A little bit of hope. Boom. Frustration, disappointment happened again. They did not get what they were expecting. You know, they were, they expected something else, but they got something else. However, what they didn't realize was what they received was far more better than what they expected. Jesus came not to save Israel, but the world. Not from political powers, but from sin. And we received eternal life from him instead of receiving eternal death. But that's just it. In a way, you know, in a way, smaller scale. In our Christian faith, what do we do when we do not receive or see the things or situations we are highly anticipating or expecting? How do we get or how do we go about the frustrations and disappointment when we do not see the fruition of our expectations? You know, expectations for our plans, plans in the office, maybe, I don't know, a promotion after working here several years or doing several roles, maybe I'll get promoted. Or in school, you know, if I study really hard and I get the good grades, maybe this I'm going to go to this particular school or get into this particular course. But what if those things do not happen? What if you don't get the promotion? What if someone else got the promotion? What if the school that you're dreaming of is not the school that accepted you? Or what if you have plans for having a family and it doesn't happen? You know, um, you, you, you got married, you wanted kids at a certain age and it just didn't happen, you know? And it's been years. There are expectations and plans and you just don't see it. It just doesn't happen to you. What do we do? What do we do when we live in a life where we have certain things that we're praying about, expecting to happen based on our plans, and we just don't see it? Several practical things. <clears throat> I'm not gonna. I'm gonna. I'm not trying to downplay the emotional side of this or the desperation and the frustration that comes with it. I do believe the disciples experienced the same thing. You know, they were following Jesus. They were expecting him to be the Messiah based on their own concept. And they saw him getting executed. There is obviously an emotional 
turmoil that came with it. But what do we do? We go through seasons like that. I have several points I want to share to everyone. Number one, we renew our mind. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. Emphasis on the will of God. What is good and acceptable and perfect. Because the will of God is good, it is acceptable, and it is perfect. So let's start in the most important place. Let's start in our minds. We have to understand the will of God first in our minds. Not because it's our will, it's His will. Okay? But the only way we can understand the will of God is when we have our minds renewed through His Word. So when we understand, okay, God, this is your will. This is what you want to do. I know I have a certain expectation, but that's not your plan. That's not your will. And the more we renew our mind, the more we will understand His will because of His Word. And when we understand His will, we realize, wait, hold on. God, I may be expecting something else, but what you have prepared for is good, it is acceptable, and it is perfect. So let's start that battle in the mind first. God, renew my mind. I'm going through something bad. I'm I'm, I'm struggling in my faith because of the things I believe in, but it did not happen. So let your will be in my mind, not my will. At the same time after doing that, let's process, you know, and it's just not just all prayer and reading the word. And that is the most important. I agree with that, but we're human beings. God built us into a community. <clears throat> so let's process. Not only do we renew our mind, let's process with someone. Talk to your leader. Talk to your victory group leader. It is important to hear another perspective, you know, especially from people that we respect. Process it with uh, your friends, your, your spiritual community, your spiritual family. This personally helps me, you know, in my renewal of the mind. Because the more I process with uh, my leaders and the people I respect, the people who have gone uh, in faith ahead of me, it, it makes me see the bigger picture of things. You know, it makes me see not just my situation uh, alone. It makes me see the, the bigger, not just picture, but the, but the hand of God in all things. It helps me. Processing with others helps me with that. And it's very important. So we renew our mind, we process, and then we hear. You know, obviously we need to pray because, you know, that's how we hear from God. We pray, we communicate with God, and then we open up the Word through His Word, through His Spirit. It is important that we know Him because the more we know Him, the more we can hear Him. You know how that feeling of when you're in your room, uh, if for those of you who are li- still living with your parents or with your family, um, or with your husband or with your wife, if you're alone in your room and you hear someone outside, you know who it is based on not just the voice, but their steps, um, based on the movement, Without seeing them, you know them. Why? Because of a relationship. You've been with them for a long time. And you've kind of gotten used to how they sound like. Uh, It's the same thing with God. The more you stay in the relationship, the more you understand His Word, the more you can easily hear, wait, okay, okay, this is from God. That's why it's important that we hear. What do we hear about? What do we listen to? Maybe there are things that 
He is changing in us. Maybe, you know, the reason why we did not receive what we expected is because God is dealing with something in our lives. Let's be prepared for that. Like, God, what are you, what are you changing in me? What are you doing in me? And we prepare ourselves to be changed. We prepare ourselves to be worked on by God. Maybe he's changing something in our character, in our views, you know, whatever. Most of the time, he is adjusting our hearts. More than answering our personal prayers, which he loves to do, he is after our hearts first. He is after adjusting and doing something in our hearts. Our motivation, that is why we go through times that we do not understand, that we do not see our expectations. You know, he, he changes motivations as well. Or maybe he's just moving in, in his own timeline, not ours. We will find peace and comfort in hearing from him the more we understand what he's doing. Or maybe even if we don't understand what he's doing, just hearing his peace, his comfort, that's enough. So we renew our mind, we process, we hear, and we plan. Luke 14, 28, for which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost whether he has enough to complete it. You know, maybe some of you are asking, why plan when God has his own plan? Well, sometimes we don't get to know his plan immediately. You know, sometimes we don't know at all. And sometimes God honors our plans. But planning sets us up to moving forward, whether we know what God wants to do. Um, maybe we're still having a hard time hearing on what he wants to do, but planning gets us up. Planning gets us walking instead of, you know, crying in the corner. That, that's not bad. You know, it take, let's take time to acknowledge our emotions. Like, let's take time to acknowledge what we're going through. But a time will come where we have to stand up and say, wait, hold on. I need to move. I need to do something. It's, I can't just stay here feeling bad about myself. Planning helps that. Plan, planning helps with that, rather. Planning helps with us standing up again and moving forward. And God honors that. God sees that. And so we renew our mind. We process. We hear. We plan. We submit our plans. Proverbs 16, 3 Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Proverbs 69, the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Ultimately, it is his hand and sovereignty that is over us. You know, it is, it is his rulership that God, you have everything under control. So I submit my plan to you. This is what I want to do. Is this what you want to happen? If it is not, then God changed my plan. We submit our plan. That is why when we do that, we can, the last point, we can trust. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will straight your, he will make, he will make straight your paths. Let me read that again. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make straight your paths. Bottom line, at the end of the day, this is a journey of trust and faith with Jesus Christ.
with God. Whether you see the things that you're expecting to happen or not, maybe that's not the ultimate thing. Maybe the ultimate thing is to understand that we live our lives trusting God, His will, His good, acceptable, perfect will. Maybe that's what it's all about. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on our website, www.victoryalabama.church. And while you're at it, you can share this with your friends and family too. Tune in next week for a brand new episode.